Welcome to Outdoor Adventures with Jason. Each week, I bring the world of hunting, fishing, and conservation to you. From the great hunting and fishing opportunities found in the Americas to the dream safaris located on the dark continent beyond. I'll introduce you to those who are already out in the field living every outdoor enthusiast's dream, as well as outfitters and gear manufacturers that can make those dreams your reality. Welcome to this week's episode of Outdoor Adventures with Jason. Today I'm real excited. We've got Mia Anstein on. Mia is a professional hunter out of Southern Colorado. Also has a large web presence through a number of different websites and, and Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter. Mia, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. How about you, Jason? Thanks. I really appreciate you coming on. I'd like to kind of start with uh, Wolf Creek Outfitters, which is your hunting operation you run. Can you tell yeah. me a little bit about and tell the listeners a little bit about that? You bet. Wolf Creek Outfitters is actually owned by my husband and I guide for him. He offers elk, mule deer, black bear, and Marion's turkey hunts. And he does that in southwest Colorado and northern New Mexico. Great. So all the different species. And of those, which one probably gets you the most excited? Which is the one you like to get out there and really go after? <laughs> elk has got to be the most exciting and most especially elk during the rut. It is, can vary, but generally in September or early October months, there a lot of fun to chase. Now, do you do a lot of guiding or just for select clientele? I do a lot of guiding when he needs Dylan. I do have people that will request me as a guide. And when they request me, if I'm available, then I'll help guide. Generally, I guide for new hunters and for youngsters, for children. Now, did you grow up hunting? I actually grew up um, in Southwest Colorado and my dad and my brother hunted. I would tag along sometimes, but generally I was at home and would help um, process the meat when they brought it back. Okay, so you were on the back end of it, but not the front end. Yep. <laughs> when did you start hunting? Was it when you got married to your husband, or did your father finally ever get you out no, hunting? No, I started hunting in my mid-20s, but I was became a single mom, and I found that it was pretty inexpensive to go buy a hunting license. I think at the time it was $46 for an elk license in Colorado, and I could hunt and sell a freezer for my daughter and I, and one year asked my dad for a rifle for my birthday and he and some of the friends got together and bought me a 270 rifle and I started hunting on my own. And do you remember what the first yeah. thing you took was? You know, I actually initially the first animals I took were game birds. I grouse a lot and turkey, big game. It took a few years before I actually took down my first elk. It's a lot harder than maybe TV shows portray because they don't have time to put in the, the days and weeks of work in a show. So, right. <laughs> um, yeah, game birds initially and then elk after that. Oh, okay. And now I've seen pictures of you with a black bear. Is Have you done that quite a bit? Black bear is also one of my favorite. I mean, I mentioned elk because of calling them in. Some people might think I'm crazy, but I love hunting black bear. I love being on the ground and pursuing them. Some years I've had some really close encounters with mama bears and their cubs. I've never been attacked by a bear, but it definitely is unnerving when a, a mama bear clacks her teeth at you. Or just last year I was archery hunting and I was sitting in the oak brush watching a, a pond. I heard something at the edge of the water just in the corner where I couldn't see and I heard something in the water and I 
like, oh, what is this? And trying to look. And suddenly there was a bear cub that was not as big as my blue healer. And it was about 10 feet away from me. And I just froze because I was like, where is the mother? Where is the mother? And thankfully, the, that baby scurried away. He was just as scared as me as I was of him. That black bear hunting is a lot of fun. Now, have you done that uh, mainly in Colorado? Or have you been able to make it up to Canada? Or where do you normally do it? Every year that I draw a tag, I hunt bear in Colorado. In, it, in our area, you have to draw. So on the years that I draw, I do hunt. Or I take my daughter. She'll, some years she'll draw when I don't. So I'll go with her. Um, but we also have gone to Canada. And we've taken black bears up there. Both of us have. We travel around when we can and hunt whatever we can. So you said you handle mainly like new hunters and or, or relatively new hunters. Tell me, what's some of the advice you can give to somebody that wants to come out and is looking for an outfitter? What makes Wolf Creek such a great spot for them to start off with? You know, really, there are all different reasons to choose any outfitter. And I actually have written about that at Beretta USA, and I've written about it for Western White Zone for their magazine. It all depends on what you are looking for in a hunt, as far as whether you think someplace is going to be great or not. We live in the area, so we obviously hunt in the area, and we guide on private property. So there is a little less pressure from the public, and being on public land, you tend to be the only one hunting on the property if you book a hunt with Wolf Creek outfitters, whether that's in Colorado or New Mexico. Really, we just try to make a hunter's, their hunt, a memorable one. We try to make it something that they enjoy. And almost always, by the end of the hunt, they are like family. The hunters are. There are them. We've made some lifelong friends with hunting clients that have come. You know. So not only do you have the ability to help folks that are new to the hunting sport via Wolf Creek Outfitters, but you've also written about it. That kind of transition yeah. a little bit over you do a prolific amount of writing. I do a lot of writing to encourage people. And like I was mentioning at Beretta and Western White Hill, there's a list that I wrote of questions to ask when you're booking a hunt because for somebody new and actually even experienced people, you have in your mind what you think the hunt is going to be. And I think a lot of people who are disappointed in their hunts is because they, there are a lot of assumptions and they don't ask the proper questions. So I've made a list of questions to ask and I always suggest talking to the outfitter. If you can talk to them face-to-face, that is great. But if not, get on the phone and talk to them because you can really get a feel of the person's personality, what they're offering. And you also may think of other questions just in conversation that you can ask. Whereas in an email, you're, you know, people always email, how much is a hunt? Well, what do you want? What hunt are you going to get? You know, are you getting a $500 hunt that includes nothing? Or are you getting, you know, a top-of-the-line hunt that includes everything? That's really something that people need to call their outfitters and ask them questions and figure out if the outfitter has what they what they're expecting. Great advice. One thing I want to talk with you about is your website, which is your name, MiaAnstein.com. It's titled Mia's Motivations. And this is a fantastic website. Mm-hmm. There is so much stuff on this website that the person can spend, oh, days and days just going through it. <laughs> Probably days and weeks and months. I don't know. <laughs> Um, my my site is my personal site, and I try to make it a funnel for all the outlets where I write. There's publications there. As I was saying, taking new hunters, I've written a lot of stuff to encourage people to get outside, and you know whether it's hunting or fishing or shooting, but a lot of it is encouragement, and um, then also links to those articles. And since I live in Southwest Colorado and guide in New Mexico, also since I'm in both places, a lot of stuff on there is news pertaining to those two states, as well as other 
other stuff that's going on in the country as far as conservation, elk establishment, uh, public land, stuff like that, as well as trapping laws. There, there's a lot in there, just like you said. <laughs> well, and, and it's just such a neat website. It's it's laid out really easy to navigate a section just on publications, which, which funnels you off into all the different areas you write for. And your videos and reviews, there's, oh my gosh, there's so bunch of them through your YouTube channel. So it's really, really a well laid out website to direct people around for all the stuff that you do. Well, thank you. That's good to hear. It's always nice to hear that it's in good order. <laughs> oh, it's. I think it's great. It's one of the better ones I've ever seen. So I, I one of the things I wanted to focus on is article on your website that talks right about it is there's a shoot like a girl dot com. Uh-huh. I love as a father of daughters, unfortunately, daughters that show no interest in hunting whatsoever. I'd love to hear your thoughts on getting more people and more young women involved in hunting. Yeah, well, I'll tell you a little bit about Shoot Like a Girl to start off with. Shoot Like a Girl, that is run by a couple of my friends. They actually have a trailer that they haul all over the country, and you can find them at a lot of Cabela's throughout the year and whatnot. But if you click on that link, there are links to their website. And and I've helped teach it at their event, so I actually have personal experience with it. But you can get your hands on actual real guns, but they're they're simulators, so they have CO2 cartridges, but somebody can learn how to safely handle a gun, shoot a gun, and rack a slide, load a magazine into the gun, stuff like that. And that's with handguns and with rifles. And they also have archery sections. So somebody, if somebody wants to get an archery, you can learn to shoot a bow at their trailer as well. Oh, that's really neat. Yeah, and it's really neat because they really reach out to a lot of young women and women who are maybe married and older and just intimidated. They really have a, an outlook to embrace them and it's a safe environment. You're with people who are empathetic to people's fears of guns and whatnot. And they really have reached a ton of women throughout the country. Oh, that's great. And I know that's a big fear of many is what will this feel like when I shoot it, when I pull the trigger on this gun? Is it going to hurt me? Is right. it, you know, so it's always good to start, I think, start somebody off with a BB gun, a, a lower caliber, and let them work up to the, right. the bigger calibers. And on that note, I am a shooting instructor. I'm an NRA certified shooting instructor. And something that I, another outlet, I'm in so many places that I actually am a contributor for the Armed Lutheran Radio. It's a podcast as well. But the tip this week was regarding SHOT Show and the suppressors that we saw there. There were just numerous suppressors because of the firearms act being reinstated or the Hearing Protection Act, sorry. Um, but with that being reintroduced this year, there are suppressors everywhere. And that really is a great training aid for new shooters that you can put them on a 22 handgun or rifle and it reduces recoil it reduces sound helps for people who are intimidated by that yeah it doesn't make it such a an intimidating item to hold because you're not having a right. big bang that big kick you know it's i think yeah. it's a great idea all the way around yeah. with you doing shooting instruction are you as you do your shooting instruction are you seeing a lot more women and and, and girls come through the classes generally what i see are a lot of youngsters and we do one-on-one with them and we take them out to the range either my husband and I or my daughter and I sometimes we'll have two or three youngsters that we bring actually primarily girls well that's great yeah you know it's anything that can be done to broaden the base of hunters and add any hunters to the U.S. Uh, I, I could care less about gender I just like to see more hunters added to the, the overall <laughs> population here in the U.S. right 
Yeah, and you know, to me, for me personally, it's more than just adding hunters. It's really educating people on firearm safety. I mean, mm-hmm. what would your child do if they came across a gun? What would they do if their friend showed up and had their mom's handgun in their backpack after school or something? You know, like, would your child know what to do? And that has been in the back of my mind since I was in middle school. I actually grew up in Southwest Colorado. My parents divorced, and we moved, my mother and I moved to San Diego. And one day, my cousin and I were walking home from school and there was this leaf tape around the house. Well, what happened is the kids found a gun and that wasn't locked up and they didn't know. Nobody had caught a baby. And it really blew my mind as a 13-year-old that they didn't know to respect it. But mm-hmm. I didn't realize what a benefit I had had in my dad teaching me firearm safety and respect at a very young age. And that was when it really dawned on me that while well, people need to know that, I mean, I was only 13, but I was like, people really need to know that they're not toys. They're not just made for killing. They actually, you can go to the range and shoot targets. You can plink with them and you can hunt with them. Yeah, I always, so, when my kids were real little, I always made sure that they knew that I had guns in the house. And if they, as long as they asked me, I would never tell them, no, they couldn't see them because I didn't want there to be mm-hmm. some mystique around the gun. And then right. I would get it out, make sure it was empty and then hand it to them. They could hold it, look at it. And then they were also to know that if they saw a gun out and I would do this, I would occasionally set a pistol on the counter and just walk away, unloaded of course, you know, no, no rounds chamber, no magazine in it. All of a sudden you'd hear him come running, dad, there's a gun on the counter, you know, and okay, I know I, what you guys will do, but the unfortunate yeah. thing is you yeah. can't control and, what their friends will do. And hopefully they can share that with their friends. They happen to be at a friend's house and a friend fall and they'd be like, no, no, we don't try that. And yep. hopefully they could, they could take charge. And actually there are articles on my website about that as well. And link Great. to the MRA's Eddie Eagle program to try to encourage people and help parents. I actually have a check sheet on there about, I've had people ask me, you know, at what age do I teach my child? Well, a parent needs to know their child and there's a check sheet of questions you can ask yourself to see if you think your child's old enough to shoot a gun yet or learn about guns. So it's a lot of interaction with a parent and their child, which is very important in more aspects, I'm sure, as you know, than just firearms. I mean, in life, it really helps empower children if you communicate with them. Yes, I, I completely agree. So on the flip side of this, now you've got a large following through your website. Uh, you put out great information out there and you're a prolific writer. You're also doing some guest spots on podcast called The Armed Lutheran. Yeah. And then yep. that is about just gun issues in general. On that, I have a, a section on there. He calls my my segment Mia's Motivations. And basically because I do cover a broad aspect of areas and um, Lloyd Bailey is the host of that show and he says, you know, contribute whatever motivates you. So sometimes it's shooting to sometimes it's baby, sometimes it's uh, an experience out on a hunting trip, you know. It's all generally hunting and shooting related. I would say it leans more towards shooting on that podcast than hunting, but occasionally something hunting goes in there. Oh, okay. You've started your own podcast, have you not? Yeah, my daughter and I this year started our own podcast, and it's called Mac Outdoors. But with Mac Outdoors, it is Mia and Leah, and we share pretty much everything outdoors. It's going to be hunting, shooting, and then other adventures. We'll be interviewing people over the years. Right now, we're starting out introducing ourselves because as you know, as you've explored my website, we do a lot. So a lot of people don't realize how much we do. So we've kind of resorted to 
introducing ourselves. And then we also share hunting tips and we've answered a few of our followers' questions so far on that they've either emailed or tweeted to us or asked us on Facebook. Well, that is really cool. Well, congratulations. Good luck on that. And I will have a link to it in the show notes because I encourage folks to go out and check it out. I know you've got two or three episodes out so far. Yes. Good luck on that. It's it's always fun and uh, I wish you luck on that because it's such a good endeavor and a good way to get your message out. Well, thank you. So far, we've really enjoyed it. It's something where we can answer more more people's questions and get, get more exposure as far as hope, hopefully educating people and encouraging people. Awesome. So uh, I know in this, this first couple episodes or first few episodes, you were talking about the SHOT Show. Did you and your daughter go to that? Yeah, yeah. We go to SHOT Show every year and a lot of it is generally looking for new products. It's also renewing sponsorship, meeting with the editors of publications that I write for. And SHOT Show is, if you've never been, it's really overwhelming because there is so much there. And the National Shooting Sports Foundation puts it on and it includes shooting, hunting, outdoor and tactical gear, guns. I mean, anything you can think of, they've got it there. Yeah, I've... I've not been, but I've heard nothing but people ranting and raving about loving it when they go there. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So it's definitely on my list of places to hit up. I I keep going, do I I need to hit the ATA show and the SHOT show, and which one do I do first? Right. (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of hard to hit both because they are both in January, but there is about a week and a half in between them, so you can recuperate from one before you head to the other. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and with you doing the the shot show, do you also go to the ATA, the which is the Archery Trade Association show? The Archery Trade Show is a little different than Shot Show, and I usually skip it because it's so close to other stuff that I do in December. And guiding in December, it goes up to December thirty first, so it's kind of hard to schedule ATA right after that. Um, we're usually finishing up and wrapping up our guiding season, so I don't generally go to ATA. A lot of the publications I write for and sponsors that I have they are actually at SHOT Show so I try to just meet all of them there and then I follow it up usually at SEI this year I didn't go there SEI and then NRA's annual meetings usually spread them out a little bit and try to get everybody oh okay yeah that's there's so (laughs) many of them I like to hit the Dallas Safari Club show in early January. Yeah, I'll have to pick and choose one of them. I have to do at least one of them this upcoming year. I, I, I'm just not sure which one. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's hard to pick and choose. As I said, I do SHOT Show because everybody is there. The difficult thing about SHOT Show, if you go, is that it is busy and booked and people that you need to have appointments with, you know, you've got your slot, you've got X amount of time and they have other people waiting. So you have to make things quick, get things done really fast. So it's a busy show where, you know, the SCI show and NRA, the vendors, the gun manufacturers and stuff, they're not quite as crap for time. A little more late back they are shot show yes one episode from your podcast have you been doing some mountain lion hunting yeah yeah this year i took a big tom mountain lion and i've actually been pursuing mountain lions for i think about seven or eight years and i finally caught up and tagged one this year and if somebody comes up to you and says but why why (laughs) why would you shoot a mountain lion what's your response the primary reason that you hunt mountain lions is for wildlife management. 
And people will say, oh, but they're wild animals, they manage themselves. But the problem is that we actually live in wild animals territory and not just mountain lions, but elk, deer, bear. We live in their habitat. And since we do, it actually has pushed animals in different directions where they don't have the same safe places, they don't have the same resources, and it's led to a situation where we're having to help and manage animals' populations. And really, the mountain lions, they don't have a predator, but they, they are an apex predator, and so you do have to manage them. In Colorado and in New Mexico, there are quotas. You're only allowed to take so many a year, the hunters are, and you get a license, and even if you buy a license, you may not fill your tag. As I said, I hunted for seven or eight years before I actually got one. You have to determine the sex of the animal. And when you're hunting mountain lions, you have to determine the age. If it's a female with kittens, you cannot take one. And um, so there's a lot that goes into it. And I actually had somebody ask, the main question people ask is, why would you hunt them if you don't eat them? But actually, you do. And I don't know if everybody does, but we do. And if you eat them, you would know that it actually is a really, really good meat. Uh, Somebody asked what it tastes like, and I would compare it to the best pork tenderloin you've ever had. Mountain lion is really tasty. And that's what I've heard is that it's really, really good. Yes. And I've had lion before, so I've got to imagine that it's somewhat similar. Yeah, I haven't had an African lion, so I don't know, but I do know that the cougar in the U.S. is really good. Yeah, that's the one thing you see as people go, well, why would you hunt one? And as you just said, it's all based upon making sure that no one particular animal gets out of control, so to speak. Uh, Right. And you know something that really always baffles me, because as you said, I have a large presence on social media, and not just myself, but other people, I'll see them post a bear. And actually, Beretta USA, they got attacked because they shared somebody's bear picture. And people really get upset if they see a lion or a bear, and they say, why would you kill that beautiful animal? Well, honestly, elk are beautiful, deer are beautiful, geese and ducks are beautiful, the turkeys that we eat every year for Thanksgiving, they're they're magnificent. They're so beautiful. And we do eat those. And what really baffles me is that, you know, a lion or bear can actually kill you and they, they will hunt you. Where a deer or elk, they ne- won't necessarily ever even attack you, but people are fine with you hunting those. Like, it doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> yeah. I got some interesting emails when I posted a picture of giraffe that I had taken. It's it's interesting, but nobody bats an eye if you hold up a fish. Right? Uh, so, <laughs> not, not very many do. You know, it's it's just an interesting, and it's really, I think, comes down to when their kids are growing up and they're, they're allowed to think that Disney movies are real. They just have no concept. They're too far removed from what actually goes on in the wild. Right. Well, you've done extensive writings, which will be listed mm-hmm. in the show notes. Uh, there is all sorts of, uh, again, the content on your website is fantastic. You did writing for Beretta. Uh, you've got an extensive YouTube channel. What what do you focus on mainly with your YouTube stuff? YouTube, I share some product reviews, as you mentioned. I also share shooting tips. I've discussed different handguns and events that I have been at. Uh, this past year, I went to Remington's Riders Seminar, which is a new product release with the Riders. I also went 
to Finland and to Russia this year with Beretta and Sako firearms. Went and toured the Sako plants, and I shared that on my YouTube. Um, I've shared gear tips as far as like what to take for elk hunting or turkey hunting, what gear you would pack, stuff like that. Like the Sako plant, how was that? The Sako plant was really a neat place to visit. It's a very old facility and actually was developed during World War One. So you, there's a mix of modern technology and old technology. They still have the human element in the manufacturing of their guns. And I don't know if you've ever shot a Sokol rifle, but they the bolt action just cycles so clean and the guns are beautiful and they shoot really well. Before that, I had actually hunted with one in New Zealand, and they're, they're just magnificent rifles. That's something that if people ever ask about, you know, left-handed guns, my daughter's left-handed, I'm right-handed, but Saco makes a left-handed bolt action both in their Saco line as well as their Kika line. Really neat, and it, their facility was a tour of history as well as manufacturing. Very neat, yes. Now, I'm right-handed, but I shoot left-handed. Oh, do you? <laughs> oh, which makes it a real pain. Uh, so mm-hmm. I've been picking up some Rugers. I've heard nothing but good things about the Sako line of rifles and uh, would, would love to shoot one one day. So it, it's definitely on my radar. I've, I've watched out, so I'll need to find that video of you touring the factory. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I've been to a few different factories. Actually, here in the U.S., I went to the Barnes Bullets factory in Salt Lake City, and that was incredible. I mean, I've done reloading, so I've seen that, but actually seeing the dyes that they use to make the projectiles and the casings and it's really a neat thing if you ever get a chance to tour one of those factories you really should was this something that you were invited to or did you just contact them and say hey can i do this as a writer i get invited to a lot of different events and some of them timing wise work out some don't that one that i was invited on i used to write for a publication that they sent me on that so Oh, okay. That was how I ended up over there, and it's close to where I live, so it was an easy trip to squeeze in. What is next for you uh, as you, I'm assuming, expand on, on your podcast? Any upcoming hunting adventures for you and your daughter? This year, actually, she is getting ready for college, so we don't have any big, like, we don't have anything out of the country or anything like that this year. We're working on paying for college tuition and such, so <laughs> it's kind of slowing down our year. We'll be hunting here locally. Um, turkey season is the next season that's coming up, so we've got that. And we're also still heading to the trade shows, as I mentioned. We'll be heading to NRA. We have a NRA Tips and Tactics series that should be coming out sometime this spring, so that'll be a, a big thing for us. And that is one that's geared toward new hunters and hunting safety. And are you in the NRA magazine, the North American Hunter? No, I'm not in that magazine. Okay, so just uh, different local things you do? or I'm actually, I've written online for NRA Insights and formerly NRA Family. I've written stuff on there for them. I've sent some interviews and stories of youngsters hunts and their first harvest. I've contributed to their publication. And as I said, it's online and it's NRA Insights now. I've been interviewed by the NRA blog and 
a few other different things for that. You have spring turkey season coming up? Yeah, spring turkey season will start in April. And then you participate. Do you do a lot of guiding for that or just kind of for your own? This year, I think I'm going to have a few different, but he's going to have need me for guiding. I don't have a schedule yet from my husband of what he needs help with. And we usually try to line it up with when I'm going to be in town and who he needs help with. So I'll have to see how many I'm guiding this year. Oh, very cool. Very cool. Now, if somebody wanted to get in touch with you, uh, what would be their best way to do that? The easiest way to get in touch with me is to message me on my Facebook page. And it's just my name, Mia Ann Stein, M-I-A-A-N-S-T-I-N-E. You can message me there or on Twitter, on Instagram. I, I try to get back to people as quickly as possible. And if you can't catch me there, I can be emailed at Mia at MacOutdoors.com. Again, in the show notes, I'm going to have links to your uh, YouTube channel, your MiaAnsteins.com channel, and all the other ways, your Facebook, Twitter. Uh, I, I encourage folks that are listening to go out, listen to the podcast, support other outdoor uh, ventures that are going on. Uh, check out Mia's videos. There's just so many. I'm looking at these going, there's more than I thought there was here. There's. I'm going to be busy for a while. Subscribe to her YouTube channel. <laughs> And, yeah. uh, you know, support it because, again, somebody that's working this hard to get new folks into the hunting lifestyle, the hunting sport, need to be supported. And I I can't congratulate you enough on what you're doing. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate it. <laughs> so I hope uh, this upcoming spring season goes real well for turkeys for you and uh, everything goes well so you can get your daughter off into college. That's always a challenge. <laughs> That's the big one this year. <laughs> that's, uh, that's the big challenge into its own. You know, we look forward. I wish you much luck with the podcast and uh, the writings. And hopefully I'll run into you at one of these shows. Uh, but I, I'm really looking at the Miriam's turkey hunting. I, I think that might be in order for me to come be a good good excuse to come to Colorado. Yeah, it sure would. And it's, as I said, turkey hunting is fun. When it's not elk season, calling in a turkey is a blast. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, I've gone turkey hunting once was completely unsuccessful, but I've seen more turkeys sitting in my parents' porch in Michigan coming right up and I'm going, really? I can't see you when you're out in the woods, but you're going to stand two feet from me on the back porch. I, I think they have calendars somewhere out there and they know when it's time. Yeah, they know what the safe zones are. When my mom's throwing breadcrumbs out to them, they know that, okay, this is a pretty safe spot. Uh, so. I thank you for your time, and I, I can't well, wait to go through. Me. I'm going to look at these videos, and uh, like I said, folks, there's all sorts of stuff out here. Make sure to go out and, and check out all of Mia's different venues and, and ventures and, and subscribe. I think that you'll really find a lot of good use out of it. Come early spring, it's getting green Fisher on the bed and Hear those turkeys gobble It's ringing in my head The winter rise bass boat Here comes another year Yeah, we command the outdoors around here Oh, we Yeah, we command the outdoors.
Come summertime, we're feeling fine Fishing on the lake Flipping jigs and Carolina rigs From early morning till real late Bonfires on Creek Bank Kick back a couple beers Yeah, we command the outdoors around here Yeah, we Yeah, we command the outdoors. Next year's does until you know winter's on the way. Brushing blinds and deer stands. The fever starts to creep. Fill our freezers full of ducks, lots of tender deer. Yeah, we command the outdoors around here. Yeah, we command the outdoors. Yeah, we command the outdoors. So grab your guns, shells, boys. Put on your camouflage Cause we command the outdoors around here We command the outdoors